As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Listening to the number one Chicago Bears podcast, unrivaled, unmatched, and unequal. Hogan Johns covering the Bears from CHGO. It's Adam Ho, and from the Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Together, they're the Adams. The Adams converge. The consummate pros. The incomparable Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in, Hogan and Johns, with you, inching towards Super Bowl Sunday. I am here in uh, Arizona still, if I can remember where I am. It's been that kind of week, Johnsy. It's been long, not a lot of sleep, but we're getting through. Quick thought on your experience in Arizona. Can you please tell your colleague, Nick, to no longer share pictures of you shirtless in a hot tub? Oh, yeah. That, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm speaking for a lot of us yeah. back here in Chicago and who may follow you on Twitter. Just, Just... Yeah, I uh, friendly heads up. No, 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 I I agree with what you're saying, but let's at least be accurate with what he shared. He shared a video of me draining a jumper from a hot tub. It's not like it was just some naked picture of me. <laughs> well, that would be a violation of many things in life. Naked pictures of you being well, come on. on social media. But. Tom Brady's doing it. Everybody could do it. <laughs> Uh, Animal Hogue thirst straps being posted out there? No, definitely not. I hope not. I don't even really understand what that means, but I've heard that word a Neither lot this I. week. Yeah, since Tom Brady did it. Um, welcome in. You know, I got to say, Johns, we had an event last night. You were missed. We had a lot of of our CHGO diehards out there, Bears fans invading uh, Phoenix. They were calling it Bearizona, and everyone was like, where's Johnsy? Why isn't he here? So they're also big Hogan Johns listeners. And so if they're listening right now, thanks to everyone who came out last night in Tempe. It was cool. But I told them, I'm like, you know what? We're just going to have to drag Johns out here next year, I think. Well, Vegas, I don't think you'll have to do much dragging. Okay. Voluntarily <laughs> get on the plane. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it, was, it was a fun time. So thanks to everyone who came out. Thanks for everybody who's been. So many of them are like listening to Intentional Grounding day one. So Love it. Yeah, it's a, it was a good crew. We had a, we had a lot of fun. And uh, we keep it rolling here. Day four of Radio Row Week. And um, we got a lot to discuss. 
I know, uh, Johns, you had a story in The Athletic this morning about Bears' second contract candidates. There are some interesting ones, and one of those guys we ran into down here at Radio Row, Jalen Johnson, we talked to him, and um, he revealed to us that those conversations have already actually started with the Bears. Didn't seem they were like they were too deep into those discussions, but at least that they have begun. And uh, he made it very clear that he'd like to have an extension done before next season, like most uh, you know, fourth-year players going into the last year of their rookie deal want. Um, but just your takeaway from what you heard from Jalen and, and what you wrote about in The Athletic. I think the, the earliest feeling I get on a lot of these second contract guys, like your, your draft picks you're trying to extend, is there? there's a lot of time. Mm-hmm. I know the Bears have all this cap room. They got to reach a cap floor. The free agency comes first, but these are usually the guys you get a feel for first. You like them or you don't like them. You see a future with them. You just coach them. But there's a lot of time for their contracts to come to for fruition. A lot of them get done like right before training camp. Like that's the deadline that most teams keep in mind. And I wonder for Jalen Johnson whether or not, um, like how positive, like how positive do you think he felt about it? Like what vibe did you get from him? in your conversation with him in Radio Row? Um, a little bit more optimism than maybe I thought, to be honest, but it was hard to gauge. Like you said, it's so early in the process. Um, he did say multiple times, you know, we got to find that number. And in some ways, that reminded me a little bit of the Roquan Smith talk, um, you know, this time last year, which was, yeah, I want to be a bear, want to get this thing done, but we got to get to that number. And I think that's the big question. So that's where if you go back and check it out, it's on the CSGO YouTube channel. Um, the contract stuff actually came up like kind of midway in the conversation, but earlier in the conversation, we were having an interesting talk about balancing takeaways, which Jalen Johnson does not have many, um, at all. One interception in three years. Yes. And I am a little worried that that's going to work against him because it worked against Roquan Smith. Um, and that was a, thing obviously that Matt Eberflus in this regime really values takeaways and if you want the big money I feel like you got to have more takeaways now that being said corner is obviously a different position than inside linebacker it's a premium position and I think the catch-22 with corners is when they're really good they don't get a lot of targets so your opportunities to take the ball away are are fewer now I do still think that Jalen Johnson's had enough targets that you'd ideally like to see one in, more than one interception in three years. But I also think it would be unfair to hold that against him too much because he is an extremely good player. And, um, you know, I even look at that A.J. Brown game late in the year against the Eagles where, yeah, A.J. Brown got his numbers, but I still thought Jalen Johnson played really well in that game. Yeah, the Bears' defense is definitely better with them than without, right? Like, but that, if I'm the Bears, like, how hung up are you on the, the takeaways, right? The, the ball production, because we've heard it with, with you saying right now with Roquan Smith, that's, it, it just played out that way. Yeah. Roquan Smith wanted to be paid as the highest, wanted to be the highest paid linebacker, off the ball linebacker in the NFL, and Bears didn't see it that way. Why? Number one, ball production. Jalen Johnson doesn't have that ball production. If you look at his, Pass breakups. They've actually gone down from 15, 9 to 7. Now, he played in fewer games this year than the previous three, but he still only has one interception 
over the past three years. And I think that could be a sticking point, at least right now. If, if you're trying to get a big deal, I don't think the Bears are going to be willing to give it to a player who only has one interception in three years. Now, I do think Jalen Johnson thinks he's good and should be paid accordingly. That being said, I think there's two things that, that are obviously different from the Roquan Smith situation. And one is he has an agent, okay, so I don't think things are going to go awry there. Um, and then also, you know, I, I think that he isn't going to want to be – I don't think he's going to come out and be like, I want to be the top paid corner in the league. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen, yes. yeah. You know, I think Let's, there's going to – I want to make that clear, too. I don't think that. Yeah, I think there's going to be some realism there that, you know, it's a different position. The top corners are getting paid, you know, ridiculous. Now, he's going to get paid well, he sh- and he should – but I don't think that that number is going to be as so much of a sticking point where it was like clear Roquan wanted to get to that level, get paid as a $100 million linebacker. Um, but I still think that this is um, of the contract wearing at some of these other ones because you, you do a good job writing about them in The Athletic. I do think that this one's a little bit trickier than the others because of that ball production issue. Yeah, yeah. And... Like if, if you're on Jalen Johnson's side, and he's got some great agents, by the way, you're looking at him at 23 years old. There's another contract like after this one as well. So you could probably even take like a two, three year deal for some good money while looking at another payday, another third NFL contract, which is huge yeah. in NFL careers, right? And longevity. He's only 23 years old. You could get that. It's a good point. He's 26, 27 years old. Yeah, he's only 23, so if he takes like a like a good 3-year deal and he's you know, still paid paid well, but then if you're the Bears, you might be willing to pay more cuz it's not, you know, it's a shorter shorter contract, then you're still hitting free agency again like you said 26, 27 and and uh and getting another payday. I mean, that was the Allen yeah. Robinson approach. Yeah, and you could have better ball production at that point and you could have teams willing to like at that point, Jalen Johnson could be known as one of the better, one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Yeah, I think one difference between Jalen Johnson and the Roquan Smith situation is that Jalen Johnson kind of proved his place, earned his place with this Bears regime. I'm not sure if that was ever the case for Roquan Smith. No matter how many good things they said about him, it just didn't seem right that weak side linebacker role. Just felt better in a three-four defense, and I think you saw that with the Ravens, at least with Jalen Johnson. You saw him excel in this defense, albeit without the ball production, but he excelled. Bears defense was better with him. Yeah, I mean, it's something. And I think the, the best sign of it is they, like, I think he won him over to the point where, like, okay, you got a broken finger. You set out the last couple of games. We're not risking further damage to a player we see as part of our future. Right, and that, def- yeah, that definitely fell in the category of injuries that, you know, if the Bears run a playoff run, he he's not he's going. Playing. Yeah, he's not going yeah. on IR. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting situation. Um, I I'd be surprised if it end up getting as contentious as obviously the Roquan situation did, but um, it will be interesting. Who else do you want to discuss here? Maybe some other ones are a little well, bit easier the, to, the, the to diagnose. The candidate. Well, well, let me just give you my top four guys. Okay. Um, because one of those candidates, number one, is roaming around. Arizona, as we speak, too, right? Cole Komet is out there I, I believe so. I haven't seen him. I hope I see him today. Okay. 
Uh, he's number one. When Ryan Poles uses your name when asked about blue chip players and you're the only player mentioned, yeah, feel good about your place with this yeah. with this team. And, and then it's Darnell Mooney. So one is Cole Komet. Two is Darnell Mooney. Three is Jalen Johnson for many of the things we just discussed. And four is Chase Claypool. Um, those are the top four second year or second contract ranked in order of who is most likely to receive them. After that, you have Travis Gibson and Kildell, Kendall Vildor. Not a bad draft haul considering the Bears didn't have a first round pick that year, huh? Cole Komet, Jalen Johnson in the second round, Darnell Mooney in the fifth, Travis Gibson farther down the list. Not that he's going to get paid big, but he was, you know, still a solid draft pick later on. Um, so, Are you saying that Ryan Poles should thank Ryan Pace for one more? Well, maybe one that more and, gift. And, and, well, and, more gifts and for the quarterback too. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean that's sort of the irony of 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 how it turned out. I don't think anybody's debating that you know they shouldn't have made the moves that they did. But it, the reality is, Pace did a decent job those last couple drafts, and and it, it's at least giving Ryan Poles somewhat of a young foundation here um, to extend. Because do you remember, John's that stretch, and I don't have it in front of me off the top of my head, but there was a stretch there between, like, pre-Kyle Fuller, I want to say, where the Bears hadn't extended a draft pick. Yeah, in yeah like, it was a tough, tough run. Like six or seven years, and again, I might be off specifically on those numbers, but I just remember that being a thing. Like, that that's how bad. So to even come through with one draft class here where you're talking about you know, probably three guys who I would expect eventually to get a contract extension with this team, and that's that's Cole Komet, Darnell Mooney, and Jalen Johnson. Um, it's a good job. It's a good job there. Now, the yeah. the Chase Claypool thing's a different story for me. I don't think I, I think Chase Claypool's got to play out this year um, to 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 get any kind of payday from the Bears, and he should want that. Too, because if you're going to bat for a contract right now, what's your argument? You're, it's not a good one. Yeah. It's not a strong case. New team, lack of production, a quarterback to get used to, to build chemistry with. No. Go excel this year. Go put up great numbers, and then your, your argument will be stronger. Your money will be greater, and maybe you even hit undrafted free agency where the money will be even more. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I will say that uh, as bad as the Bears were last year, and obviously they lost 10 games in a row, for the most part, compared to past years I've been down here for this event, they've been getting a lot of respect from a lot of the national people that have rolled through, and we've talked some Bears football. Um, But the Chase Claypool thing's been kind of a punching bag. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Ross Tucker brought that up with us yesterday. He blamed me for the trade for some reason, which I didn't really understand, but... um, uh, yeah, that, that's the one thing where people are like, yeah, you probably shouldn't have traded the number 32 overall pick. Of course, they didn't know it was going to be a 32 overall pick at the time. Um, so that one, I think, is going to have to be a situation where, where he has to play it out. Now, what do you think about Darnell Mooney, though? Is Mooney, is Mooney after what happened last year, Does he would he be in a situation where he wants to play out this year with more help around him, with Justin Fields theoretically improving in the passing game and perhaps having a... You know, set him up for a big, big year and potentially a bigger payday after you know, considering where he might be right now. I view him separately, right? Like they're so different. Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney's cases are they not? Because Darnell Mooney's been here. Yeah, he he was the first player 
praised by Ryan Poles at the NFL scouting combine last year. And then he kind of like tripled down on it last month at a season ending press conference. And this is after a year where there weren't a lot of wins for the team. The passing offense is the worst in the league. But then Ryan Poles says he, he loves Darnell Money even more. Great person, great football player. I think they could find common ground, uh, kind of like a shorter term extension, two, three year deal, where Darnell Mooney again gets another runner free agency his late twenties. It just makes sense for both sides, really, especially coming off his ankle injury. Yeah, he's a little older at twenty five, but you know, like you said, if it's a shorter deal, you could still hit you know you could and that's the thing about uh, with Allen Robinson. Wasn't he 24 when he signed that extension with the Bears, I want to say? And that's why he signed a three-year deal so he could do it again when he was 27. Um, so that might make sense for Darnell Mooney. I want to get into some of the draft talk, too. Um, I know Adam Schefter was reporting some things that I, Bears fans wanted to hear about the potential haul that they could get for the number <laughs> one pick, and I, I think that had people excited yesterday. The Bears are going to get unbelievable offers. That's that's one thing you said. Unbelievable offers for the first overall pick. That pick is going to be worth a small fortune. Music to the ears of Bears fans and those who work in Hallis Hall. Yeah. I was uh this was a topic of conversation last night in our event, and um I was thinking about this because I just feel like this is a situation where it's almost unanimous down here, and I'm sure it will be at the Combine, too, that everybody expects the Bears to, to trade this pick. Um, is it something where I'm sure those conversations get going a little bit at the Combine when everybody's in Indy? But I feel like, and this is just a guess at this point, but I, the, the timeline for me is you start those discussions, you get a little bit of interest at the Combine, then you're like, we're going to focus on free agency, and then at some point, I could just see Ryan Poles being like, uh, you know, maybe April 1 or early April. All right, the pick's up for sale. You know, let's, let's, let's open this market. Let's see what's there. And then you almost have like a final bid situation at some point. Yeah. And you just go, all right, this is what we're doing. Um, this is the best thing for the Bears. This is the biggest haul we can get. And it's going to be fascinating to me, John, just like who wants what quarterback? And who falls in love love with who? Because I just feel like this this quarterback class is more split than people realize, in my opinion. And that that chess match between the teams to try to figure out who wants to draft who could drive up the market even more. And that's yes, exactly yes. Nate Tice was in on this, and it's that take your pick where there's not that Trevor Lawrence or Andrew Luck like candidate up top, like the, the take your pick, fall in love with whatever guy you want, can actually drive the cost up more because you don't know who who likes who. Yeah. You don't. You, you really don't. It's similar to the Fields year. Is it not? Where Trey Lance, 49ers fell in love with him, and they gave up, what, three first-round picks to move up yep. to number three? Yep. And and even after and they did it, and I don't that's know if you remember this, Jazz. We even after they did it, remember there was like a couple weeks there where people weren't really sure which quarterback they wanted. There was a lot of smoke that it was Mac Jones. I think people assumed it was probably Trey Lance because people thought Trey Lance was better. But there was, it, there was still sort of a cat and mouse game going on over which 
QB they really wanted. Um, and then thankfully for the Bears, it wasn't Justin Fields. Yeah. And then you had like the Jared Goff trade. I, I don't think, like, I don't know if this is a great comparison because the the leap to number one for the Rams to get Jared Goff was so great. Maybe the Bears want to stay within the top five or top ten. But their haul that they got for that pick, I think it was the, the Titans, right? Like, that, that was a lot. An awful lot. And if that's what Ryan Poles is willing to do, say it's like number nine to the Panthers. You stay within the top ten. But that leap from nine to one is so much more. It costs so much more than four to one, seven to one. That you should be able to get multiple first-round picks and then some. Throw in a couple seconds to make it work. Yeah. It, it it's interesting to hear Schefter say that yesterday because it just sort of adds a little bit more credence to the idea that this could really, really work well in the Bears' favor. So um, certainly one of the other things we'll be tracking in the coming months very deeply. I'm interested to see what we start hearing at the Combine in a, in a couple weeks as well. Um, should we get into this game that's happening Sunday? Oh, there, there, there's a game being played? I, f- I feel like I, every year I forget that there's actually a game that's happening at the end of the week. There's just so many things that end up having to do with the Bears down here that it's like, oh, yeah, there's a football game that's, that's happening on Sunday, and it should be a great one. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Because when you're looking for a job, Hogan Johns fans, you want the best experience possible. No questions left to answer and sketchy websites to navigate around. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. And over 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Adam. That's linkedin.com slash Adam to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I, I have to say, we're going to make a pick because that's what we do on our Thursday episodes before games. We're going to make a pick, but I have been struggling with this one. I still am struggling with it. It's like every hour I change my mind. Eagles are favored by one and a half. Yeah. Did um. 
did we talk about this Tuesday? I forget. Did I mention how on Monday night how loose the Chiefs were? No. And I was going, yeah, so the Eagles went first. For those that don't know how media night works, like this is a huge event. A lot, you know, a lot, a lot of players put on a show, and it can, it's, it can be pretty fun. There's a reason why it's early in the week um, before things get super serious. But it really felt like the Eagles were out there first, and they were they were very businesslike. And I thought not necessarily tight, but just taking everything pretty seriously. Nick Sirianni especially. When they had Nick Sirianni and Andy Reid on stage at the same time, you know, Andy's being Andy Reid, you know, fun and and, and kind of goofy. And Nick was just like, all right, when's this thing over? You know, when can I go back to my <laughs> – when can we go back to our meetings and, and, and game plan? Um, and then the Chiefs got out there after the Eagles, and it just seemed like they were super, super loose. And I, at first I was like, I don't know, I was a little worried that's concerning, but then they, they've been here so many times already. And the fact that their their last trip they lost, it just gives me like a sense of confidence that it's not overconfidence, if that makes sense. So I, I actually think it was a good thing, the more I think about it, that the Chiefs were that loose. Everything you just said kind of reminded me of the Super Bowl I covered between the Broncos and the Seahawks. Mm. Like the Broncos seemed... Very loose. You know, Peyton Manning was Peyton Manning up there. Like John Fox was throwing out all sorts of John Fox like stories, right? Like that that was part of it. And like, you know, they, they did their press conferences like on a boat in the New York Harbor or in the on the Hudson there. Um and the Seahawks were a bit more serious. Like one of the storylines there was Marshawn Lynch like not talking to the media. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't know if we were guilty of always reading too much into that thing, but I left like like that week when we made our picks for the Sun Times, because I was working for the Sun Times at that point. Like I picked the Broncos. I thought the Broncos were going to wipe the floor with the Seahawks. That did not happen. <laughs> <laughs> the exact opposite happened. Yes, that that did not happen. Now the Broncos got there later, but I don't know when I, when I look at like the, the actual like on field matchups. This feels kind of similar to like the Buccaneers Chiefs from a couple of years ago. I know the Chiefs like made a concerted effort to improve their offensive line since that game, but the Eagles got a great pass rush. We talked about this in the last podcast, led the league in sacks, right? I know the Chiefs got a good pass rush, but if I had to pick the better offensive line, I'm going with the Eagles. Wow. If the game is really one in the trenches, if the game is really one in the trenches, I'm going with Philadelphia in this one. Yeah, and this is where I keep kind of – it, for the exact reason you just said, why well, keep gravitating back towards the Eagles? Because I think it's on both sides of the ball. I think I think I think they're the best offensive and defensive line in football. I mean, they have a first round pick on the bench on on the offensive line. It's 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 insane how good they are. And and I and I do feel like over the course of a game, um, they just they're they're going to be able to grind it out that way. But it's just so hard to go against Patrick Mahomes. And think that he's gonna lose his second straight Super Bowl, especially when you look at how good Travis Kelsey's been. Um, and I don't know why. Like I can't get out of my head because Mahomes has keep he keeps proving it all year. 
That it doesn't matter that he doesn't have those special special weapons like he used to. Well, that Travis Kelsey is pretty special. Well, I just, I, yeah, outside of Kelsey, I apologize. Obviously, Kelsey is. But, like, you know, the whole idea that he lost Tyreek Hill and it hasn't really mattered. I just feel like at some point it's going to. <laughs> like, it has to. And um, so I am going with you right now. I might change my mind three more times before kickoff Sunday. But in this moment, I am I am – I'm going with the Eagles. I'm going with the team that that should be able to control the line of scrimmage. And um, I still feel like the Bengals probably should have won that game in the AFC Championship. So, whereas the Eagles wiped the floor with a really good team, too, that you thought could have matched up with them with the physicality at the line of scrimmage, and the Eagles just pounded them. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you. Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. Fly, Eagles, fly. We're going to hear a lot of that. Oh, already starting today when the oh, part when the parties already. start. This is when the parties start this week. Oh, there's gonna be not for me. This is where the parties end for me. We got Devin Hester come on, tonight. Come on, nice. Oh, oh, big day for him. Big day. Um, my pick. This is what I said for my pick for the athletic. The Chiefs have the best player in the league, but the Eagles are the best team in the league. I'm clever, clever like that. I think I have them winning by three or four. I I do have them going over, okay, the fifty point line. Yeah, that that seems very low for me. Maybe it's changed since then, but I could see this turning into a semi shootout. But I just like what the Eagles are, I like with how they're built on the line, and they got great wide receivers. And Jalen Hurts is one hell of a quarterback to him. Yeah. All right. Well, it should be fun. Um, I'll be back home for the game and uh, and enjoying it from my couch, but. Um, I'm excited. I really, I mean, it's a great Super Bowl matchup. I'm staring at the big banner that's on the other side of this camera, John's, or it's just Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts and big Super Bowl sign, and uh, it's a good matchup. We're gonna have, we're gonna have fun with it this weekend. Uh, any thoughts on on Hester, real quick? I didn't want to. We didn't want to talk about this too much because like it's gonna be old news by tomorrow. We got a lot of people listening to this pod on Fridays, but um, I do think he should get in tonight. I mean, I thought he should have gotten in last year. Last year, yeah. But it does seem like the door is open tonight, and I feel like it's going to happen. I probably said the same thing, though, on Thursday morning last year. Um, but it should be an interesting day for Devin Hester. I just don't like how there's, like, this viewpoint on specialists that they're not, like, full-time players and the, how they should be considered differently because they're just a returner or something. Yeah. Like, when you watch Devin Hester play, you're like, oh, shoot. I didn't want to swear. Oh, like that is a special football player. Yeah. And then he did it again and again and again. Like that is something like Justin Tucker. Like that is a special kicker right there. That deserves recognition in the hall of fame. It does. Like Adam Vinatieri. I think you're talking to him rather sooner. Like that type of performance deserves to be recognized in the hall of fame. I get that. They're just specialists. That's fine. But I don't like that. When you see them play, see him do wonderful Incredible things that deserves recognition. We saw that from Devin Hester. Yeah, you know, it just—it's so silly to me, John. Just look at these playoffs. Like, look how important the kicker always is. Look how important field position always is. I mean, field position decided the AFC Championship at the end. It, it's yes. It, any coach, the first thing they talk about is field position. So when you have somebody like Devin Hester, who just impacted that, even when they wouldn't. Even when he didn't touch the ball, because they would kick away from him, 
And and just look at the Bears. I mean, that Bears team to me, as good as the defense was, doesn't make the Super Bowl without Devin Hester because that offense put up some numbers that year, put up some points at times, even though you saw like in the Cardinals game that year when they literally couldn't score because you could tell that like the offense really wasn't that good. They were being put in a great position, not only by the defense, but also by Devin Hester and the field position that they were constantly getting, the short fields that they were getting. Um, his impact was just, like, in many ways, he was the offense. Even yeah. even though he never caught on as a wide receiver when they tried to make him, it's still his impact on the offense was immense, and it always was immense. Dan Pompey did a story on Devin Hester around this time last year talking about his impact on the league. And one of the best ways to put it is how he affected the roster construction of other teams, specifically within the division, how they changed the type of players they pursued for their teams. Instead of like big linebackers and stuff, smaller, faster guys, because you have to chase and contend with Devin Hester. Yeah. Teams changed how they compiled their rosters because of the kick returner on the Chicago Bears. That's crazy. I mean that's it's crazy when you think about it that way. Um, well, I do have to run because we I'm going to be talking to a different specialist who probably has a strong case for the Hall of Fame. And that's Adam Vinatieri. So I'm excited to hear what he has to say um, about Devin, and we'll have that on our CHGO Bears show today. Uh, which of course is before we get out of here. Can yeah, I, uh, just offer uh, condolences to the the Morris family on the northwest side of Chicago. Here, their daughter, Molly, um, eight years old, passed away after a long fight with with cancer. Um, Molly was an inspiration to many of us around here. Her her fight, Molly Strong, orange ribbons kind of everywhere in Chicago and whatnot. So we're thinking about you, uh, Morris family. I went to to college with her mother, Erin. so we're thinking about you guys um, here at Hogan John's. I am John's family. So our condolences to the Morris family. Yeah, well said. Very sad uh, news uh, when you told me that this morning. Was, uh, yeah. Molly was a source of inspiration for all of us up here. Yeah. So I them to know that. Well, well said. Glad you shared that here at the end. Um, and um, we'll be thinking about the Morris family, of course, all weekend and all week as well. Um, all right, well, it's going to wrap it up for us today with our second Super Bowl week episode. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns for all the coverage uh, throughout the week, the weekend as well. And uh, you can read Johnsy on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. Make sure you check out a story on the possible extension candidates out there uh, and read through that. And then, of course, all of our coverage at allchgo.com on the YouTube channel. There's so much to sort through from the week. And uh, appreciate everybody that's been following along. Talk to you next week. See ya. Hey, George. Hi, Adam. Um, 